0: Good afternoon, good evening, good morning ladies and gentlemen. It is your boy Z Y aka COLIS and yes, I spell my name out. Also, it shouldn't technically be aka because I am Collis, so I'm not also known as Collis, but that doesn't really matter. You already know where we at today, ladies and gentlemen. Leo Moreno Jr. Boxing Club. If you ain't got hands, you know where you need to be. Your grandson, he got beat up, came home, said, Granddaddy, I just don't got hands like that, Leo Moreno Jr. Boxing Club. You was at Aldi's yesterday, and she took the the last piece of ground beef that you wanted. You tried to yank it back, and she hit, hit you with that ding, 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 ding. You didn't know what to do back. Leo Moreno Jr. Boxing Club. And if you just want to get some good workouts in and, uh, you know, learn a little bit of self-defense, learn a little bit about how to exercise in a fun way, Leo Moreno Jr. Boxing Club, Overland Park, Kansas. This is the Voices of Value podcast where we bring fire guests onto the show to talk about all things business, creative, um, entrepreneurship, and just dope shit. And speaking of dope guests, Angel, go ahead and introduce yourself to the people.
1: What's going on, everybody? I'm Angel McGee, yours truly, Kansas City native, here chopping it up with my boy, Collis.
0: Yes, 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 yes. You know, I was, I was wondering, has anybody ever tried to, and I feel like people only try it <laughs> if you like black, brown, different, 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 just anything besides Caucasian. Shout out to my Caucasian brothers and sisters. But has anyone tried to like throw a flare to your name? Like, is it? Is
1: is is it Angel? Like is it angel Angel?
0: Like you know, try to get extra with it ever?
1: Um, not too extra. I God think more Sarah. so right. is. Um, so is that your real name? You know, and <laughs> which my real name is Angelia. Oh, but because of you know people's um commitment to not. Being able to, you know, pronounce your name, mm-hmm. I adapted Angel mm-hmm. along the way when I was really young um, to keep it up. And it's just been easier, you know, in a professional sense, that part. Or mm-hmm. I, I think more so it's when people just, your name is right in the email
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they either misspell it.
0: They respond with the misspelled, mm-hmm. that pisses me or off. Or give
1: you a whole new name. So yeah. the amount of times I've been April and Ashley and Angel's right there, Yeah.
0: I'm not gonna lie, that is that is one of my largest pet peeves on earth. If my name, if I literally sign off yes. and the and the signature, so sign off and signature
2: mm-hmm.
0: and email yeah. have my name in it, collis at gmail.com. Yes, email me if you want to come on a podcast. Probably going to say no. Yes. Um, anyways, <laughs> so so signature and the name. I'm like, uh looking forward to hearing back from you, best collis. And then they're like hello, Colin. Hello, Carlos. I'm like, Oh my God, y'all, are just straight disrespectful, but it can be maybe the start of this conversation. What do you think is one thing in your, you know, professional career that you have learned to be something that really helps you develop strong relationships with people? And let me, let me double down on that. So you understand my question a little bit more clear responding to somebody the first time you meet them by saying their first name. Like if we just met and then I go across the room and I start chopping up with other people at an event and I come back and I'm like, hey, Angel, can I speak with you for a second? People feel special. They're like, wow, this person remembers my name. We don't really know each other like that. So like little things like that where you've noticed that it's helped you build strong relationships in the industry you're in. So just anything that comes to the top of your head as like a key pillar or practice or or characteristic you try to practice in your daily life as a professional that helps you build strong relationships.
1: Man, I think um, the introduction part of it is super integral. So for instance, for me um, I try to I meet a lot of people um, in a lot of, I don't want to say random people but a lot of one-offs, like I'm not probably going to see them day to day. And so I always feel some type of way when we come back and cross paths and I'm like, I know your face, but I can't remember your name. So what I've generally done is meeting them on the first time. As much as I'm in a room with a person, I'll repeat your name, mm. you know, just to keep that, that, all right, Bet I got the the visual yeah. um, image in my mind. Um, And then on top of that, really just Pouring into the relationship itself, um, I think I've loved the fact of of people that consistently reach out or just keep in touch and stay. I think that just really builds relationships. I've also really begin to kind of compartmentalize certain relationships, so I got different buckets of your professional, your personal, your mix of professional <laughs> with personal. Um, because I think at the end of the day, like it depends on the business that you're in or the business you're conducting is where you can kind of put people in different buckets. But for me, I love it when I can find a boundary of keeping it professional, but keeping it personal at the same time, because I think that that adds a layer of the realness to it instead Mm -hmm. of, you know, we're just both working together because we're on this project together, my company, your company, or we're working together because I'm 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 paid to work with you or we're just in this partnership together. But it 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 provides an opportunity to, all right, when we're done with this project, you know, we're letting our hair down. We can talk. Mm-hmm. Um, just really keep it real. So I really like as much as I have the professional connections and being introduced to people, I love keeping it also to see if there's a personal aspect as it as they feel comfortable. Yeah. You know, because not everybody's gonna be like, let's go have a drink. Right, you you got and you got you
0: got to feel it out as well. It's like you can at the end of the day when you're in, you know, you're at the boardroom table. You know, it's business time. Keep it, keep it business. When you step out of there, you can test the waters, like you know, oh, what are you interested? in? What are you doing this Friday or something like that? And if they're open up, you can be like, okay, now we can explore that conversation a little bit deeper and get a little less worky. But if they're like, oh, not much, you know, just work, that's them telling you straight up front, like, hey, read the room. Yeah, read the room. Exactly. So we just talked about professionalism and career and industry and, 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 being in business settings. So we haven't shared, what do you do? Like what, what industry do you function and work in? How do you identify yourself? What's like your elevator pitch when you walk in a room, Somebody's like, who are you? What do you do?
1: Yeah, of course. So I've spent, um, my generalized industry is sports. Sports has been my it's my identity. It's who I am. When you think of Angel, where you hear of Angel, um, in this community, at least in this world, you know, sports is, is associated with it. So for me, I've spent 10 years in the industry, over 10 years at this point, um, between uh, NFL and MLB, working with the Royals, working with the Chiefs. Um, I worked with the Players Alliance as well. Um, And in that aspect, I worked with all 30 MLB teams Mm -mm. throughout those partnerships. (laughs) Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like too much work for me. (laughs) And that's just like on the front end, full time, forward facing part of it. Um, Even on the back end and kind of like the Nugget side and like my hidden gems. I've worked a lot with athletes and their and their foundations here in Kansas City um and even kind of some that are sporadic around the country too also doing some consulting work um, working with um, a few businesses and organizations on the side, just helping them in the realm of business development. Um, just Recently, we just talked earlier about getting into the NIL space, which is still super brand new for me. Um, brand new so, for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: brand new for everybody. We were, we were talking just before we pressed record how like that's. An ever-changing world yeah. on the hourly, on the daily, like every few moments there's a new rule, right. there's uh, some something somebody's complaining about, some new deal that was secured that makes every other athlete want to be able to get that type of deal, yeah. Um, so yeah. Sorry, continue. No, it's all good. Very new.
1: It's just more so I, I like to call myself a chameleon in mm-hmm. the industry. It's just pretty much wherever I've landed, I can um, assimilate to that culture, really get into the work that's being in, presented in front of me, what you want me to do, how you want me to go about executing it. Um, and in the same space, doing a lot of volunteerism. So I love being engaged in our community um, from a civic standpoint. So that can sometimes go out of the sports space. Um, a lot of the times that's more into like an educational space um, but dealing with some of the issues that our city does face and our community does face Um, and I'm very very huge on being an advocate in a face for uh, boys and girls that look like me Mm -hmm. um, in the professional sense just seeing somebody who has attained a level that they hope to be and where they want to be and inspiring and so just kind of all around Um, Mm -hmm. but I go back to sports just being the foundation and my passion.
0: I love it and I think you know I think I just posted this yesterday, or it's planned to be posted somewhere. Online. Anyways, but it's just like sports is fundamental to to being successful in business. And I feel like there's just so many principles. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, of course, it's a business podcast. Of course, we love entrepreneurship. We love bringing founders on. But business doesn't mean you have to be a founder or or the owner of a company necessarily. There's plenty of positions where you have to understand business, love business, know how to conduct business. Right. And that's what business is. Business is a very broad category. So, um, when we think about sports and the, the the character traits you build, the discipline, the the. Uh the, the relationship building or the ability to build relationships, the ability to assimilate to different cultures from being on different teams as you mm-hmm. grow up and learning how to build friendships and connect with people um, and then uplift new people that are on the team. So being able to right. uplift your your team members and your coworkers and your staff that work alongside you, under you, above you, whatever. So I think... Uh, I think it's funny how how there's a sports business because Mm -hmm. of how integral sports is to business, if if that makes sense. So um, why sports, though? Like, run us back to to 5-, 10-year-old Angel. Like, what about your early years influenced you into the sports industry or into falling in love with with, with the, the world of sports? What happened early on in your life to, to make that happen?
1: Yeah, early on, um, my favorite sport I, just throughout my whole life has always been basketball. But that's over. I mean, it's, I've been in different worlds since then. But my earliest kind of memory um, is watching the Chicago Bulls. Um, With my dad and my grandmother Who that was her favorite team But Michael Jordan was my dad's favorite athlete In the basketball world And it just piqued interest Um, So I remember going back And then wanting to play basketball Um, And then I was introduced And I, I don't know if I just summed up across a game or just was reading, but then I got exposed to UConn women's mm, college basketball.
0: Mm-hmm. Legendary man. Legendary.
1: Um, and I mean like Pat summit and we you know, you, all Moore. those ladies. Yeah. So even then with, Gino Ariema and for me, Sue bird, who's my all time favorite mm-hmm. athlete, um, Diana Taurasi, it just continued to build. And of course, at some point in time, between sixth and seventh grade, um, I wanted to be in WNBA player. So I continued to play the sport, but by the time we reached high school, that was just not happening. Um, um, and, you know, sometimes you just have to accept, sometimes you accept what your path it. is, and, and uh-huh. that wasn't mine. But I still love the sport realm. And so really that got me peeking into what other, you know, careers could be happening in the sport. And throughout that, of course, the number one platform I always tuned into was ESPN uh-huh. SportsCenter. I would... Go to sleep watching Sports Center. I would come home from school watching it like it was just very uh, abnormal in that sense for a girl like my age that was just coming home and just I would tune into Sports Center. I just wanted to see what the news was for the day, all the above, and that piqued my interest into communications and broadcasting. And so, in turn, just kind of fast forwarding, once I got into high school, I wanted to. Look at what that those opportunities were. So I got involved in our broadcasting team in high school, um, our newspaper to get some writing skills. And that eventually transformed into college. Where I ended up being our sports director for our campus television station, did some sideline reporting, did some play by play reporting, all with the hopes of taking my talents to Bristol, Connecticut to Essentially, be an ESPN ESPN, mm-hmm, ESPN reporter, um, but you know God works in mysterious ways, and and kind of just pivoted my route in coming back to Kansas City and exposed me to the team side of things and professional sports. So that's what originally piqued my interest in this world of sports, and then since then, I've just feels like I've had my My hand and everything.
0: So what high school did you finish out at? And then I know you went to Truman State. Yes. Or at least started at Truman State. So before we jump into college, what high school did you finish out at?
1: Yeah, I graduated from Lee Summit West High School.
0: And at Lee Summit West, who was one teacher that stands out as like an integral figure in your... uh, Did you go there for four years?
1: I went there actually for two.
0: Okay, so for those two years, who was an integral you know, like mentor, an adult mentor, essentially, mm-hmm. like who was somebody, it doesn't have to necessarily be in the sports way. Maybe it was yeah. just somebody who was really kind every day that reminded you kindness is like super important, whatever it might yeah. be. But what's a lesson in a teacher or whatever you want to call it, ministry, somebody who worked in the yeah. goddamn school <laughs> <laughs> to get to what I'm trying to say. I think you understand yeah. the
1: question. You know, um, I, I had a lot of teachers. I think the one that stands out to me the most was, Um, His name was Mr. Myers, and he was actually, he was my biology teacher. He was also my um, advisory teacher as well, so I would start off the day with him, and then um, we would go on to our classes as needed, whatnot. But it wasn't anything about biology because that is not my cup of tea, Um, but it was just more so just how empathetic he was um, and just overall how he treated us as students. Um, I think for me... Always keeping in the back of my mind, regardless of the industry that I work in, in, people will always remember how you made them feel. They may not remember what you said to them, but they will always remember how you made them feel. And he was just one of those teachers that always just felt like he looked after me. Um, He was always proud of me, asked about things I was doing when I wasn't getting the best grades, sometimes you know <laughs> he made a way for me to bring it up um,
0: <laughs> made a way that always he tries made me a way
1: <laughs> but it was just you know overall somebody that you just felt like was in your corner somebody that was supportive a safe space essentially um, so he's one of the teachers that come to mind when I think about that and then I've had an abundance of coaches as well that similarly played that part of just looking out you know and it's Well, you can remember being in high school, you know, we were not doing things we were supposed to be doing. We were very much immature, um and just keeping a straightforward path and you just you sometimes you needed those folks that were in the building to just straighten you up real quick and mm-hmm. I was pretty good kid for the most part but it was always good to just you know don't make me call your mama or right. you know <laughs> And then, but
0: they also have to build a strong rela- strong enough relationship with you and carry themselves in a way that you trust them yeah. because regardless of what an adult says it doesn't really mean shit in case you trust them right. that's one thing I learned from being a young bull and even now being a person who struggles with authority and I'm not saying I'm out here Get in trouble but just struggles with authority in general it's just like if I don't respect you or what you've done or how you treat me or how you carry yourself whatever you say doesn't really mean much to me even if you mean it to be mean well and even if you are a good person but like if I don't respect and connect with like what you got going on like it doesn't really mean anything right and so like I feel like that's super important for all the teachers out there that you know are nervous going back to teach, you know, high schoolers after you graduated college. You might be younger like us in your late 20s or 30s or early 30s. And you're just like, you know, I'm scared to go teach these high schoolers. I don't know. They're going to be judging. Who cares if they judge you? Be yourself. Right. Walk in there and care about them. Right. And if you walk in there, you care about them and you're not here trying to put a facade on. You're going to be able to make some 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 positive impact on some young bulls, some young ladies that are going to be able to create change and and impact the world later on in life. So just felt like that was important to mention. So as we transition from Lee Summit West to Truman State, first and foremost, what what? made you decide on truman state was it a friend was it they had a great certain program was uh, it you got how a we pay for college
1: you know it gotcha. um so mom and dad made that decision mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. to for me to attend truman state i had a few other colleges that i was looking at and um had pretty much committed to Mizzou, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. but of course... Until they seen that four-year
2: check.
1: <laughs> yeah, until you see all that scholarship money come in, but I think ultimately um, it was where I needed to be. I mean, it afforded me lifelong friendships that I still have to this day. Um, just the experiences, the overall, it was just the fit for me, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to me going into the situation, but it definitely paid off in the long run.
0: I love it. I love it. So Truman State, you come back to Kansas City. What's the... What's the first move you make? You land back in Kansas City, yeah. you just graduated college. Are you like, I'm going to take the year off and just have fun? I know a lot of people did that, and you just caught them in Westport for 365 <laughs> days. Um, what was the What was the mission? What was the plan? What was the, the first action when you landed back in KC after college?
1: Uh, I hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Um, running so, towards what? Running towards what? Which is crazy because I spent over six years committed to – thinking I was going to go to Bristol, Connecticut, wanting to be an ESPN reporter, um, working to just build up that legwork, right? Mm -hmm. But when I came back, um, it was almost like I had an epiphany and I just did not feel like I had the same passion. Um, I don't know where it came from. I just felt like I literally woke up one day and was just like, "Hmm, I don't know if I want to do this. Um, And... I had to figure out really quickly, well, if that's not what you want to do, sis, what do you want to do? Because we can't just sit here. Mm -hmm. Um, And I knew that, you know, sports really transcended across the spectrum in a lot of different areas. Um, So really, truthfully, I just got online and started looking, looking at just what piqued my interest, what seemed to kind of be along a little bit of what I was working towards and went to school for and so that opened up a door for me to go into being the spark, the sports marketing um, and management intern with Mocan mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is the yeah. AAU organization very well. If
0: you don't know if you Mocan don't know about Mocan you better. <laughs> you better find out baby you better find out producing some of the best Man. athletes out of Kansas City or, or helping produce should I say yes. helping to produce some of the best athletes out of Kansas City anybody you know that's in the league right now from Kansas City probably ran through Mocan let's just go ahead and establish that but to dive a little bit deeper into what it is considering you worked for the organization could you break down what is who is Mocan
1: yeah so they've had a little bit of restructure along the years but back when I was there um, the organization was really set around giving um, middle school high school athletes the exposure so the tournaments the travel ball as we like to coin that term and giving and making sure that the talent that is in Kansas in Missouri is being seen locally, nationally, regionally, just like talent from all over the country is being exposed to. So um, it's really been on the the up and up. I've, I've, I've kind of stayed in touch with them. But back then, they were really getting to that level. And so they're still very much um, in the mix for a lot of things. But for me as an intern, it was basketball, so I love the sport, and I was like, well, let's just see what it's doing. Um, it was great overall, but I realized really quickly that I did not just want to sit behind a desk mm-hmm. all day and, mm-hmm. and push papers and do just kind of like that general office work. Yeah. Um, so then I got back into the search of things, and my mom was just as committed with me, which is so funny because she's a huge part of my life and my support system. Both my parents um, have been but um, got into the search, looking through different teams, and I stumbled across two positions between the Kansas City Royals and the Kansas City Chiefs. Really had no idea what they really were. It seemed interesting to some degree. Um, applied for both and got both. And once I got my foot in the door. Yeah, you got both? I got both. <laughs> At the
2: Wait same a minute time. now.
0: Hey, tell us about your resume. Yeah, uh, tell us about time. how you wrote that cover letter. <laughs> Give us a little game, you know what I'm saying? Should we launch a should we launch a a a, a resume development
1: I mean, agency
0: right now on the show?
1: It will look it's all about shooting your shot. <laughs>
0: well, you shot your shot and you right. got both positions. Continue. That's impressive.
1: Yes. Yeah. So um at the time one was in their community department side, the other was in the um they've now called it. Game entertainment, but it was event produ- presentation and production. Um, one was a mascot assistant, believe it or not. So that's actually how I started my career with the Royals, and the other was working with kids um, in with health and wellness in the stadium, bringing them out and giving them tours. That's um, that
0: is that is that does that have any tie in with like Play Sixty? Yes. And that whole thing? So that
1: was actually a program. Um, the Chiefs, I believe, were one of at the time three stadiums that actually had an in internal what do you want to call it it was called the sports lab mm-hmm. so pretty much think of a condensed version of Chuck E. Cheese but all your activities, all your games, everything is geared towards health, wellness, and nutrition for kids. Okay, okay. So every game had a focus on it, whether it was like brain activity, whether it was like working your muscles, whether it's like talking about um bones, whether it was talking about Um, just general stuff and just like sports medicine, training, how to keep your bodies healthy.
0: Why y'all ain't call me (laughs) cheese? You know, you know, it's, it's the top tier personal trainer and can't say why y'all ain't hit my phone. Huh? Anyways, I just want to put y'all on the spot. That's all. If you (laughs) watch
1: this, plug yourself, plug yourself. Um, and so did a lot of that throughout the week, um, with groups from like, it was a field trip destination. If you th- think about it that way. So we Through brought Through
0: local schools mm-hmm. would bring their students. Yes. Okay, cool. So just all to
1: over. I mean, yeah. we had students traveling, you know, hours from their schools to come well, and. Goddamn. Yeah, to be at the Chiefs Stadium. But it was. It well, because like deal. you said, it's one
0: of three Correct. stadiums that were doing that out of what is that, 35 teams or 30. 30 teams? Mm-hmm. So out of that's 30 That's impressive. Awesome.
1: Yeah. So spent a lot of time doing that. Um, and that was just kind of like the repetitive sense each day, day in and out, sometimes on the weekends. And then with the mascot assistant stuff. So you
0: took both. I didn't understand that. Yeah. I took both positions positions and they allowed that. Did you, Mm -hmm. was that like well communicated in that situation or were you hacking the system? No, it was part
1: time (laughs) on both sides. Okay. six. six, So when, so when going into it, I wanted to see what the hours look like. So Mm -hmm. honestly, truly what it was is by day, I would be chiefs by night. I would be Royals to some degree. And then sometimes they would offset each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I could make, our own schedules on both yeah, sides. Yeah, so yeah. all you do is, you know, give me your availability when mm-hmm. you can come in and to that degree. So um, on the side of the mascot assistant, that was really easy work. I mean, people don't think about certain aspects of sports or sports teams and talking about mascots. and Correct. So break that down real yeah. quick. Yeah, right. oh, that like, was a did, whole different what world.
0: Did, what did that role look like? Because no, Yeah, you're right. Nobody's, Nobody's thinking about, about, about the mascot assistant. Nobody's really thinking about the mascot in except of just like, oh, look, there's the mascot. Take yeah. a picture, baby boy. Come here. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: So um, in this case for Slugger, it was more so making sure when we go to appearances Mm -hmm. or we're going anywhere off site, you know, I'm going in connecting with whoever the liaison is for that specific event or appearance, making sure we have a streamlined understanding of what his responsibilities are, what is our timing, where we where can he change, just kind of all the logistics and then yeah. bringing him in, literally so that he doesn't have to talk to anybody. Mm. I bring him in, he does his thing, he leaves. I come in, introduce, he can go back out, and then I leave as well um, and talking through all of that. For games at Kauffman Stadium, it was more so of, I like to call it a little bit of a bodyguard situation, because um, you're walking around with him, but you're helping facilitate. You know, everybody wants to take a picture with the mascot. Mm-hmm. You know, and so from adults to kids. So just making sure you know everything, nothing gets out of we control. We gotta keep it moving. Sorry. Yeah, yeah you yeah, know, yeah. I'm the you one. You can't pull his nose. Yes, Sorry. Yes. Hey, pull little his tail. boy, stop kicking him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to be mad at anybody, you can't be mad at him, but you can be mad at me. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but it's technically really important when you think about the branding of the team's mascot and really the mascot is important to the organization, you know what I'm saying? So if you think about like how, like for example, you watch the mascot, like punch a little kid that like, Hey, stop touching my tail. What's that gonna look? First of all, we in a new generation where mm. cameras is always going, so that's Absolutely. going viral. Now, after he gets fired and everybody gets and they get ripped, the team also gets a new one ripped by yeah. by ESPN and all these different right. media organizations that are running stories about their team mascot that beat up a child. Like it doesn't look good for the entire organization. Not saying it would be the yeah. mascot's only problem, but. You get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So that is that's interesting. Um, and then on the flip side, walk us through what your day to day activities you know as long as you'd like to extend it or as short as yeah. you'd like to extend it in terms of the Play 60 and mm-hmm. how you are uh, integrating and working with and what were you doing there?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty much. Um, like I said, it was just coming through and welcoming like, the kids that were coming through the stadiums, um, teaching them about health and wellness, nutrition, and then ultimately taking them on a 60-minute tour around the stadium to get their 60 minutes of play or activity for that day. So that was the standard procedure day in and day out. Okay, see, just see. different groups of
0: kids. It's different. almost like, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful yeah. way, but like a tour guide. Yes. In a way. Essentially, oh, gotcha, you just gotcha.
1: adding some extra bonus features in there yeah. as far as um, actually facilitating a program, right, alongside right, right. of it. So there's
0: definitely, okay, yeah. Gotcha.
1: So I know, I mean, I've been at Arrowhead now for over ten seasons, so when I tell you, I know every nook, cranny, shortcut. So so let's
0: let's jump into <laughs> let's jump into that for a little bit. Like, what is one thing you're allowed to share that most uh, visitors to Arrowhead Stadium don't know? Like this room is in that place or like uh, they don't know that there's a workout room over here or they don't mm. know that there's like uh, a suite on the back end of the, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, is there anything that most people who visit the Chief Stadium never will see?
1: Well, for a lot of people. Um, Obviously the locker rooms. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, there's some of, some of those premier places. I guess what I can say is, um, a unique feature. Now we'll have to preference and say that the sports lab is no longer in the stadium. Oh. Um, so they but took is it, it out. Still happening though. That program, yes, okay, it, cool. trans, it transitioned into a mobile mm-hmm. program that can actually go to schools. Sweet. So I um, I stopped being a sports lab guy, I think, 2015. So okay. it's been a while since I've been yep. in that Damn space with years. them. Yeah, because I started to do other mm-hmm. things yeah. with the organization. But um, I think one really cool thing that a lot of people may not know is that with the renovations that happened in 2008, the Hunt family built their own apartment in the stadium. <laughs> So the Founders Club, the yeah, the Founders <laughs> Suite section, which is your, is where all your A-list celebrities mm-hmm. and a lot of those folks that they host will come in and normally be in. Mm-hmm. And it's multiple suites, but at the very end, it is the Hunt family suite that also contains their six bedroom suite in their house inside of the stadium. And so the general idea behind that is the Han family, if anyone does not know, they do not reside in Kansas city. Um, They do sometimes, but their residence has normally been in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And um, when they come and travel in, they wanted a place to stay instead of always looking for a place to stay. Mm -hmm. So having something that was very accessible in the stadium when they come um, was the thought process behind that. But, How often the living part of it is used has kind of decreased over the years. But that's
0: interesting in general. I wonder how many other team owners in the league have a similar Mm -hmm. setup in the stadium and or nearby the stadium that nobody really knows about or like thinks about. It's like, oh, what's that little building on the back of the stadium over there in Tennessee? Oh, that's where (laughs) you know what I'm saying. So that's that's intriguing. Who who handles like uh just and I want to quickly dive over this because I want to get back into your story. So. Who handles, like, when people, like, A-list superstars are coming in? We saw the one of the Paul brothers there with mm-hmm. KSI a few weeks ago. Like, who handles these A-list um, celebrities when they're coming in? Do they just buy tickets and automatically, just because they're a celebrity, get access to the field? Like, who's communicating with them and being like, okay, this is where you'll go. This mm-hmm. is where you'll hang out. This is where your seats will be. This is when you're allowed on the field. Like, is yeah. there somebody that coordinates that?
1: Yeah, it's normally a team rep um, okay. within the Chiefs. So it's not going to be just a normal buy tickets. It's some Someone has reached out to someone's team, mm-hmm, whether it be mm-hmm. on either side, right. either it's Chiefs reaching out or that person's team reaching mm-hmm. out to the Chiefs. And then it, it goes from there as far as the, the team rep that's with everybody. So everyone knows the movements, where they're coming in, um, to that perspective. And so a lot of that will go through. Um, a lot of the the operational side of things.
0: Got gotcha. you. So yeah. it's 2024, Angel. You're no you're no longer um, in 2015. So what is your role now with the Kansas City Chiefs? And let's let's start there, and then we'll dive into some of the other things you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast yeah. in terms of what you have your hand in.
1: Of course. So now it's more so. Um, I'm just I'm a field coordinator for game days. So that essentially just is a part of our staff that runs all the the entertainment elements of the game, um, pre-game, during during the game. So we have a staff that's devoted to doing a bunch of different movements on the field, um, and National Anthem, Color Guard, First Pass, um, just a lot of the, the hype and celebratory things. I have been um, the head lead and executioner of majority of the flags that you see on the field. So um, we have our big arrowhead flag that we pull out every year mm-hmm. and make sure we're on it. But we also it do – The American flag when we do primetime games or a series of flag movements and uh, designs on the field. And normally that's just the lead that I take um, for pregame.
0: And how are you communicating throughout pregame? Is it like walkie talkies? Like, how are you letting them know? Okay, flag to this side. Okay, move to this side. Get off the field. (laughs) Like, is this all walkie talkie? Is this in the ears? Like, uh, CIA agents, like, walk us through the communication aspect of that because... A lot of a lot of your background is in communication. Right. You study communication. Right. You wanna be in communication and now you're a coordinator, which re- requires a yeah. lot of communication. So what does the like detailed communication look like? during game day.
1: Yeah so during game day of course everyone's on a headset. Mm-hmm. So we're all talking um, upstairs ultimately to our hub which is the control room, the production. So everyone, the, the announcers, everyone that controls the LED boards, the crown, or the the jumbotron, the, the vision, the, everything, every aspect of the game is controlled upstairs and so that's who we are all centered in talking to um, along with talking to each other on the field because when you're in one place, the field is huge. So and once more people are on the field, it crowds your vision to a lot of different spaces so upstairs they can normally see everything happening so hey we need to get someone over to northeast corner we need someone to run over and help so-and-so in the northwest corner because they can see the eyes Um, and then on the field if we see something we're talking to each other like I can be at the front but I can't see the back so I need to make sure that one of my team members is controlling the back of whatever I need that's generally how we communicate is all through headset throughout the entire game Um, For me, I have more of a lead with the in-game live shots. So anything, I walk around with my cameraman, shout out to Bob, um, and we're executing the live shots, which means pretty much any live shot you see of people in the stadium um, that's associated to a a sponsored um, break is us. So section 239, row 13, y'all just want a free coupon to Papa John's. Mm. Boom. We go to the row, we've set it all up. We got somebody holding a cute little Papa John's poster and it's a smile and a wave and that's just kind of boom. But we do that every, you know, we have a, a live shot of some degree, even when we're honoring um, military service women, men and women. If we're doing um, a flag participant if we're doing youth football you know we do a lot of those live shots but mine are more so with the marketing team so I'm joining their marketing person coming down who has all the items that we need I make sure I got myself everything is set up from the back I'm not in front of the camera I'm behind the camera setting everything up so that's literally what I do every single game day
0: and think about your role think about the past you know however many let's just say I don't know seven home games that you like think about your season thus far.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What I don't even want to restrict it to this season because there might be a memory from the past. So yeah. as long as you've been in this role, think about one of the seasons and one moment that makes you smile really big. What, what comes to mind and it's okay if you take a moment to think like just from your, your, are working, it's a game, you're working, you're going and there's just, there's something that comes to mind like, damn that game, uh, this row or mm-hmm. like this kid or, uh this, this play that I happened to – I just happened to be walking over here, but I saw it happen right here. It doesn't have to be on the field, can be. Yeah. It just makes you smile. A memory makes you smile from one of the past few seasons.
1: Um, oh, because we're now talking about almost over 180 mm-hmm. games mm-hmm. in total. Which means um. whatever you say is probably <laughs> – it
0: means it was a, a damn good moment, whatever you say.
1: Um, I think – I have a few. Um, I think for me, a few of them would be, I mean, the main one is probably winning the AFC championship, our first, you know, the first, well, out of the last time we were at the Super Bowl. But winning the AFC championship, um, just that moment realizing we are going to the Super Bowl, I can't describe that feeling. I can't describe it in words just because of the feeling. Um, Just walk. I mean, literally everyone's in tears where you're looking around the stadium, like the stadium on game days. I have to preface this on game days. Everyone is zipped up tight. Like everything is boom, 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 boom. It's a very, very um, well-oiled machine on game day. So a lot of it is everyone's on their P's and Q's. Like Mm -hmm. you have to, Assert your position You gotta assert your leadership In certain spaces You know Making sure security Is also on point um, So a lot of different things That happen on game days That people don't Take into effect Or just take into consideration After the fact Of like Oh why that may have happened But in that moment You literally saw everyone Just let their hair down Like, just finally, like, we're all experiencing the same emotion at the same time on the field. And you're looking in the stands, and people are crying and just jumping up and down. It was a crazy feeling overall to have experienced that. Um, A more personal one for me, I think it's just the way that I'm I'm just really grateful and blessed to be in a position where I give an experience. Um, I should preface and also say that, with a flag and some of the movements on the field, those are also include season ticket members. So season ticket members can cash in their kingdom rewards points and do really cool things. And one of those are being able to be a part of the flag ceremonies on the field. So for some of them, that is probably the first and last time they will ever be on the field, Mm -hmm. um, in any capacity. So around, Players, because
0: you damn sure ain't going to the league, buddy. Sorry, yeah, you're good. Expectations, reality. But like, you you know? just,
1: you know, it, they're they're right on the same field. They're maybe looking across, and like Patrick Mahomes is right there. You know what I'm saying? So, and then depending on who we're playing. You know, it could be another superstar player mm-hmm. that's right there on the sideline next to them. So, I always try to to work in a way. Things get stressful at times, of course, but. I always try to really remember each group. I do this every home game. So it's repetitive for me and I'm comfortable and I'm used to it. And sometimes I really make sure to take a step back and allow this to be a dope experience for those who are in my group Who are with me And working with me um, And then when you get to know them And just kind of talking to them You start to, you know Hear some of the family ties You know, I've been a season ticket member For 30 years and I've never done anything like this And I'm like, well bet We're about to change this today You know, you're gonna have The best time of your life And I think I'm blessed in a, To be in a, in a space And in a position To do that for others um, And just watching the joy And the experience In their faces
0: I love that yeah. Now we're gonna flip that question On its yeah. head I'm not going to ask you for a specific moment, mm-hmm. but I am going to say it is a very well oiled machine. It's one of the largest productions that goes on on TV, right. especially how well we've been playing the past few years and makes it an even larger production. Yes. So, there's a lot of things moving, a lot of pivotal, you know, uh roles to be played. What would be the worst thing that could happen? <laughs> in your position like what what's something that could like if if you dropped the ball or if somebody on your team dropped the ball but everyone hey one team is one team yeah. so one if y'all drop the ball what is the worst thing that could happen
1: um yeah <laughs> the worst thing that could happen is all the sound go out the speakers the speakers blow out oh that would be weird um
0: just straight silence in the stadium yeah
1: or like you know Someone singing, You hear that. You see them mouth moving, and there's nothing coming out. That mm-hmm. we have in the past have yeah, had. That
0: sounds like something that I think I've seen. happen. Not for the cheese necessarily. Yeah, but just, just in, in general. On TV or before. the singer
1: forgets the lyrics. That's We've crucial. seen that happen before. That's actually happened. Ooh, um, I feel bad stating, for them though. Yeah,
0: more than more than y'all. More than I feel anything. bad for them.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, for me, the oh, worst, so, and you just forget it. What yeah. It is, though, mm-hmm. <laughs> say it's say. Can't you see? Yeah. So. <laughs> Fortunately enough there's been a lot of um being ready for that situation so no one probably realizes but when you're in the stadium I will say um if you look around the scoreboard while the anthem is playing you will see the lyrics mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. nobody can get stuck because it's being played for there you but on the flip side of it because I deal specifically with the flag movements and the flags are so huge mm-hmm. um they take up a great amount of space on the field my Biggest fear all the time is that when they unfurl it or we take it out, the moment it's unrolled, it's either upside down, it's backwards. Um, I've already had this happen multiple times, which also sucks, is when we're running the flag out, and it depends on which flag we're having, normally for the... Field-sized American flag, which takes, so the, the Arrowhead flag that we have every single game day um, is normally 50 to 75 people. So that would be season Jeez. ticket members mm-hmm, and red coaters. Um, when we do the field-sized American flag, we're talking 150 Jeez. people. So it amps up the opportunities for something to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things have happened. So people uh, tripping and falling on the field, <laughs> running the flag out. It's it's happened. Um, And that's the one thing that I tell everyone I have to preface, what to do. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, you got to go through. If you fall, what to do? Stay down. Just really Yes, because of all the safety uh, mechanics that come behind it. Mm -hmm. That flag is so heavy that if you trip and fall and you attempt to try and stand up and walk out, that flag weighs about hundreds of pounds. Mm -hmm. And so you could really injure yourself trying to stand up Mm -hmm. versus just you're going to have to army crawl it out. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, I'll look for you, find an opening, but you got to army crawl it out. So for me personally, those are some of the things that I have fear of Um, if we're on a game day and something like that. But I've done this for so long now that it's, it's you know, if it had, I'm not so much concerned about the flag portion, but there's much more of an increase in someone falling, mm-hmm. trying to do a flag versus the flag coming out the wrong way. And, you
0: know, the crazy thing about, like, situations like that, is that be the dumb situations where your auntie get hurt? Like she's like, It's my day, <laughs> I'm running the flag out. And she running, she running, and she tripped Tara Achilles. Now that's her story for the next 30 years. Like, this is why I can't mm-hmm. work out no more. It'd be a sad ass story like that. You ever Yeah. I don't know. Like as a trainer, you just be hearing some weird stories. I'd be like, they'll be like, Yeah, some of my back pain has been for 20. Okay, so how you hurt your back? So my daughter, I took her to the park, she's riding down the slide, and I tried to catch her and then all of a sudden just snap. I'm like, what? What yeah. you trying to play with your
1: kid?
0: <laughs> it's would be like crazy shit like that. But yeah. anyways, um, I love it. There's so there's so much more we could dive into about you know the work that yeah. you're in right now and and the work that you do. But I do want to take a moment to dive into your your volunteer work, yeah. your you know uh, passion around civic and social impact. So I guess where does that passion come from? When did that start to develop and kind of like you start feeling some bubbles in your system? Like, man, I need to do some, I need to do something for the community. I need to do something that that's, you know, for the benefit, uh, for the common good of my, my Kansas city folks or for the Kansas city youth, or I know you said specific to people and, and young people who look like you. Um, but when did that start bubbling up and what are you currently doing to be active in that space?
1: Of course. Um, Man, I mean, it started early on. Also, always wanting to be involved in something, I was very much the overachiever in high school throughout school. Um, but as it got through the professional stages, so once I got into you know securing a full time position with the Royals and being in the space of community. Um, and working specifically like with kids, with education, with schools, you start to see just the power that you do have with yourself and that you can advocate for those around you in spaces that normally other folks can't or wouldn't have access to um, and bringing up those issues to those folks who are the change makers and can have a say in what happens. Once I realized I had that kind of access to power it really started to change what I wanted to do with it outside of just, I work for, you know, the Royals or outside of, I work for the Chiefs. Um, And as you're in the communities for me specifically of BIPOC communities, you're seeing just how integral it is for them to see themselves in others that are just not, you know, it's not just regular occupations you see around themselves. You're seeing a black woman that's, In the sports team, she's calling the shots, so to speak, in some some passion, some way. And she's leading the charge in the community that birthed her. We don't see that a whole lot. First of all, you really don't see a lot of me at that level in general. Now you do. And now we're, we've been increasing it in the last five years, but coming up, the only person I had to lean on was myself. I'm grateful for the sponsors and the mentors that I've, I've gained along the way, but coming up, I didn't have that. So for me, I've come up just supporting and leaning on myself, the confidence of myself. So I know that in those spaces, somebody else feels the same way, but what can I do in opening up the door behind me? I know what I had to do or endure. I know what I had to go through to get to where I am now. But I don't want that path to be for somebody else because I've already walked it. So how can I now be the person that has my hand out to you? Take my hand. Let's go. We're going to walk this together because I've already been there. Um, and that, for me, is what really has kept me grounded in my city, in my community. Volunteerism. Expanding out of sports. I sit on an abundance of different boards throughout the years of, you know, um, specifically for scholarships, for education, just being a, a pillar in that community in a face in a space that people needed to see. Um, especially for kids, you know, you can only see, you can only be what you see. And when they don't see it, they don't know it's attainable. So show somebody like me that's been there, that's done that to show you other, other avenues in sports, you know, for a lot of us and in our communities, our kids are just thinking about being an athlete. They just want to go pro. And that's not, that's, that's not the reality for a lot of our kids. Um, and so I do a lot of conversations and speaking to a lot of schools and classrooms of, well, if you are an athlete, great. Keep that up. Keep working towards it because I want you to do your absolute best. But let's also think about plan B because being an athlete isn't your life. It's not lifelong.
0: A lot of bulls are done by 30. Absolutely. Done by 35. So what again. you going to do after that? Mm-hmm. Um, you got long ass young
1: life. Absolutely. After that. And you can do so much. So that's where it's like, let me tell you what other avenues are in the sport. If sports is where you still want to be in and still be in the space. And I could go all day on this topic, but I think it just really sums up on just finally understanding the power that I had, um, the influence, the impact. And it wasn't just about me. It's more so understanding like how much of a role I can play for those coming behind me Mm -hmm. and for everybody else, my sisters and colleagues and my brothers in, in the same industry and around me that I can help open up doors for as well.
0: I love that. What are some, some foundations here in Kansas city, um, I guess it doesn't have to be Kansas City only, but let's just say in the Heartland region in general um, that you're really passionate about just Mm -hmm. the work that they do. And and if if anybody out there is listening and isn't interested in being a volunteer in some way or fashion, it's an organization that you'd recommend that they they start with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think some of them have been personal to me um, that I've been able to serve with. So for the Teach for America, Prep KC Um, Casey Scholar, it was formerly known as Casey Scholars, but it's now Great Jobs, Casey, um, Youth Guidance, and all these, the the common denominator in all of those are that they deal with uh, kids in mainly under-resourced areas that are either in a scholarship, trying to get a scholarship, or they're supporting them in a way that we're coming into schools and, and introducing them to occupations Um, we're supporting teachers in under underserved communities and also giving them the support that they need and also uh, mentorship so a lot of it is it's in an education setting pillar to some degree and they may have different focuses but ultimately they come back I just think education is so integral um, in these spaces and for kids that you know May not live in an area where the district is as great as the one that they're living in. It doesn't mean that they they can't have those same opportunities or they can't be exposed to the careers that are around them. And Absolutely. so I'm super super passionate about that.
0: I love it. Yeah, an easy one for sure for for people to tap into, especially if you're in a in a career that you don't see a lot of people that look like you in. Is definitely Preps Casey. I've I've, yeah. I've interacted with them once or twice just in the lane of personal training and talking mm-hmm. to some elementary and middle school students about personal training. Um, Although it was only on Zoom, I would have loved to be able to go in in person. Yes. I think think that's a a great way for black and brown individuals. Matter of fact, especially a lot of the guests that have come on this show, Mm -hmm. like a lot of you guys that have come on the show or will come on the show in the future are people who are in, you're the only one in the room. Yeah. And so if you can one way that you can easily start changing that narrative over the next 10 to 20 years is to go back and speak to the young bulls yes. and start giving them the confidence to feel like just because you don't see anybody in the room yeah. doesn't mean you can't be the person in the room and the more of you guys that like take that to heart now the more likely you won't be the only one in the room or at least you'll have some some comrades right. you know what I'm saying that you can go 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 fight the good fight for with you know alongside so i love that um why is I said, why is what is your feeling about the negative five degree weather at last <laughs> week's game? how How did you make it through that? Listen, listen, I've been out there walking in it for forty five minutes, but I didn't have to stand out there for three hours. so yeah. forty five minutes is one thing. I down here got frostbite on my toes today. Um, and last week, I damn, boy, I couldn't feel my fingers. Yeah. So, so talk to me about last week's game. Uh, do, did you have the correct attire? <laughs> um, how are our how are our good athletes feeling? How's the coaches feeling? I know they out here suffering. How are how are your superiors and and, and uh, co workers feeling? Like, how, did everyone make it through the game? Okay,
2: let's talk about yeah. That let's shortly. start
1: there. Yeah. So you said three hours. My hours are normally eight to nine. Um, so that was my entire time being Jeez, outside.
2: It's cold. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, with 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 some periods of going inside.
1: Minutes, it's cold. That I mean on tap that. That was the coldest game ever played mm-hmm. at Arrowhead Stadium. I believe it was the fourth coldest game recorded in history um, for the NFL, and so of course that's the coldest game I've ever worked in mm-hmm. my career. Um, I think we tried to prepare the best that we possibly could, which is
0: what that looked like for you. Would you l- run us through? All right, you at the crib. <laughs> Y'all
1: needed me to make a real. You at the
0: crib. We to, need. To, what is it called? The, the Get
1: Ready with Me. Yes.
0: Let's do the Get Ready with Me live on Voices of Value podcast. <laughs> what did that day look? Like, run us through the GRWM course, before you went to the stadium.
1: It started off with waking up and just being like, how many layers can I put on without falling over? <laughs> so, and feasibly being able to walk, right, live, Right, right, stand, mobility, yeah, right. Mobility, right. Yeah, mobility. Yeah, yeah. So, how many layers can I actually put on and still be mobile to a degree? So, uh, from top to bottom, at least three to four Um all the way through and through, and a lot of those were, like, thicker. So Mm -hmm. I didn't need to have five and six because those pieces that I had (laughs) on were thermal. Because one, two, and three
0: was thermal. Yeah, I had thermal
1: and wool and all kinds of everything you could think of. But, I mean, man, that was probably uh, one of the toughest games I had to get through, specifically because all the movements, I have to report, you know, I'm usually there five, six hours before the game time Mm -hmm. itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And then out of that time two hours is spent checking in and going on rehearsals with everybody. That's because we do all rehearsals before the games. I um,
0: only noticed cause I watched on the Tennessee Titans YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't. It was Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they were, uh, they were going through basically your same position they, yes. they were like following somebody in the exact same position yep. as you. And they were like going through how they do the, you know, they, I guess in Tampa Bay, they got a big ass boat or mm-hmm. whatever. And like, yeah, the, they, ship or, the ship mm-hmm. and they were going through the coordination. They were, trying, you know, doing run throughs yeah. six hours, seven hours before yeah. continuing.
1: Yeah. It's a lot that goes into preparation that people don't think about mm-hmm. when instead of just flags coming onto the field and pyro shooting fire. It's is so much that we have to go through. Um so going through and making sure, you know, normally I'm I'm pretty mobile. I'm um got a loud voice. So I'm talking to a lot of people giving directions, but it being so cold I mean, your attention span is shortened. So I'm trying to shorten all of our conversations up as much as I possibly can to honestly get everybody in and out because it was just inhumanely cold. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a lot of people had to go to the hospital afterwards because of hypothermia and other things. And so I'm, I'm thinking safety, but also we got a job to do. So what's the best way we're going to get through all of this? So ultimately it was fine. Um It was just shortened conversations, just you guys listen. I mean, I had to be more blunt and more stern than I normally am. But I always preface all my conversations. And when I'm introducing and talking to new people, I say, hey, y'all, you know, Going Everything I'm going to do today, I'm going to say it with a smile on my face. So regardless of how it sounds, I got a smile on my face. Um, And it usually lightens the mood because it gets crazy down there. You know, you've got a lot of timing to deal with. You've got NFL personnel. You've got, I mean, everyone under Sun, media, reporters, photographers, videographers. You're trying to share a space with so many people. And it's really easy to just get, you know, To start fangirling, fanboying, um, and just get starstruck overall for a lot of things. And so, you know, I got people that I'm just like, hey, look at me. Look at me. Mm -hmm. You know, focus because you just realized (laughs) Patrick Mahomes ran out of the tunnel Mm -hmm. and I didn't lost everyone's focus. Mm -hmm. So I got to bring them back. Um, I say that more jokingly, if anything, but that day was just like, I don't, I'm still thawing out. (laughs) <laughs> at the end of the day still thawing out <laughs> uh, that's crazy but
0: that's facts that's facts yeah. nah yeah that was a that was a wild one we appreciate your service to our local kansas city chiefs you know everyone here in kansas city i think we can uh at least all the listeners we can say we 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 love our chiefs and we sure. we understand or at least they understand now that there's a whole entire team and organization behind everything they see on tv which makes the game enjoyable. I mean, at the end of the day, people forget how important all that is to getting the players hyped up before the game as well, which contributes to their performance. If that's all botched and thing is shot to shit to failure, they're going to be in their fucked up mood too. So, you know, we, 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 appreciate you and, um i appreciate the hard work you put in the past 10 years to get where you're at today Uh, you're still young as hell can't (laughs) can't wait to see where you're at in the next 10 years um i know we didn't get to dive into it but like you said you're dabbling in the consulting space in sports dabbling in nil um you know i'm sure there's other uh, endeavors that you'll chase in the sports industry we might end up seeing you as the the uh, commissioner of the nfl in 2050 you never know never know um so so i'm excited to see where life takes you but to 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 wrap this podcast up, I want to ask you a few random bonus questions just to keep the mood light ended on a good note. And then, um, and then, and then the question that we ask everybody. So yeah. that being said, um, what's been making you smile recently? It's only been about two weeks in 2024, okay. but in 2024, what has been making you smile recently?
1: Oh man. What's been making me smile recently? Um, just looking forward to this new year. Um, you know, when, when, what comes with your highest of highs also comes with some low lows. And a lot of the times we look into the social media world and everyone posts their high highs, but no one posts like the low lows or what you've gone through, um, over the past couple of years, which when you start to really talk to a lot of people, Um, one-on-one everyone's been going through something the past couple of years so really for me smiling is just seeing what's coming up for 2024 Um, I really feel like this is going to be a a great and amazing year and I'm just looking forward to the experiences that that come out of it
2: I
0: love it I love it what is one business that if tomorrow you were told by the Kansas City Chiefs hey we 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 want to invest some of our capital, um, from the team in, in a business. And we want you to lead and run this business and operate it. I know a little crazy, a little out there. What would that business be? Like, what would you want it to be? And they're like, Hey, we're going to invest and let's keep it in the sports industry. So it doesn't have to be too confusing. Um, so, you know, we want to go buy an NIL agency or we want to go, um, we want to invest in a local Midwest, like, uh, semi-pro football league and okay. see, or whatever it might be like yeah. what is a space or a business you
1: oh.
0: would be interested in operating if it was in the sports industry and you were told to go run it
1: oh it definitely would have to be I don't know if I can say a specific business but I think it would have to do with women's sports mm-hmm, to some mm-hmm. degree um, as we all have seen or if you pay attention to women's sports in general and just the sports world it's crazy how much it's grown in just the last thank two years. Thank you,
0: Angel Reese. Thank <laughs> you, Caitlin Clark. Thank exactly. you. Thank you, uh Casey Current. Um, Absolutely. So definitely a big three thank yous to them. But also a major thank you to the people who even brought some attention to those spaces. Yes. So shout out Maya Moore. Yeah. Shout out Mia Hamm. Shout out, I ain't going to lie, I forgot her name, but amazing soccer player, played for USA, short hair, speaks up for Megan for
1: Rapinoe
0: Megan Rapinoe Absolutely. Uh shout out to to Sue Burr. Shout out to some of the legends that came through in order to make this even possible. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Build that foundation for people to pay attention. And then this second wave of of amazing yep, women athletes and organizations really, you know, dominating the space. So, you know, maybe you'll be the commissioner of the NWSL. Who knows? Maybe so. I don't know. I don't know. I see big things down there. <laughs> I see big things coming. I receive um, it. And, 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 and and we're excited we had you on the show today Final question of the day is It's your last day on earth You've lived 120 years old And you, you're sitting there And you got like 50 grandchildren sitting at your feet And they they all look up at you And they ask in unition Which is kind of scary But they all ask at the same time Great 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 grandma What's one piece of advice on how to live a good life What are you going to tell them
1: Ooh, um, How to live a good life Always lead with empathy. Mm. You never know what the person next to you is going through. So don't assume because of how they treat you, that's who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And you live every day like there is no tomorrow because you don't get a day back. Mm -hmm. So I have a bunch of different sayings, but we just don't keep it at that.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, Angel, where can they follow you? How can they support you? And then we're going to wrap it up.
1: Absolutely. So I'm on all the platforms, Twitter and Instagram. She is a McGee, M-C-G-E-E. I'm also on LinkedIn, Angel McGee, and Facebook, Angel McGee. So I'm not too hard to find. Um, But if anything, support women's sports. We need you. Any, Any way that you can support your local team, support your women's teams, support us in general that part.
0: And y'all already know who it is, Kyle Stutzer, a.k.a. C I W Z Y, live action Kansas City, Missouri. Make sure you tap in with me at Coach Stutzer. I'm here to protect and promote public health. Salute.